0: What is up, everybody? It is Recruiting is No Joke, Episode 5. Your host, Joel Algey from Hirewell, and super excited today. So if you um, are out there, let us know who you are, what company you're with, if you're in recruiting or not, and uh, and then if you have questions, we'll be able to field those as well. But super excited today. I've got Adam Rosenfield with us. I'm going to have him give himself a quick introduction Uh, So Adam, why don't you uh, just share with everybody who you are, what company you're with, and uh, how long you've been in recruiting for as well.
1: Yeah. So my name is Adam Rosenfield, uh, currently based in Austin, Texas, Uh, though right now uh, I am in a basement in uh, a top secret location (laughs) outside of Kansas City. Um, Let's see what else. I've been in recruiting about 10 years, so started in the dreaded agency uh, move my way around now. Do corporate recruiting. Uh, do some work for a company right now called Reciprocity uh, in the compliance, risk, and governance space. Uh, but also do uh, also help out some other high growth uh, startups and uh, other uh, other companies as well. So uh, been been around the block when it comes to recruiting. Uh, placed a lot of different people. Uh, have a lot of different stories. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, if you're an account executive who is supposed to start on Monday and you haven't responded <laughs> to our HR team, uh, and you're watching this, please text me back ASAP because I need to send you your computer. So yeah, uh, you. and
0: you would just tell me like you've just placed like ten AEs or account yeah. executives, and now we're we're getting to that point where one of them isn't responding. So hey, wh- how how are you how do you deal with that? I mean, I'd, I'd yeah. love to
1: you know it's been it's interesting because yeah we hired so we hired uh, it was uh 10 aes in austin texas and now i'm hiring their manager as well um and we did it in like pretty me and my recruiting partner nate who is uh he is on paternity leave uh caring for his caring for his son um we did it in pretty quick succession uh and so always there's always that risk when you have a you know there, when you have a placement and you know the time to start is a month a month and a half so you know been been there done that had that last year too where we put we got the offer signed like early december they didn't start till till january 10th so it was a lot of calling over christmas going hey how are you doing uh you still excited let me tell you some things that are going on um happy first night of christmas happy second (laughs) night of christmas happy third night of christmas so um yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about, I guess, the relationship that you build that that you build with people, right? So it's I mean, every recruiter's worst nightmare is like, you know, you start November first or you sign November 1st, you don't start till like December 17th. And there's like, well, there's the whole what if. So, you know, for me, it's just constantly texting them, constantly calling them. Um you know, maybe they're annoyed, maybe they're not, but it's always, it always makes sure like they're top. You have to do
0: it. Yeah. I mean, you have to do it because as soon as that VP of sales is like, well, where is this guy or gal? Like, why, why aren't they showing up? If you're like, well, we got the signed offer and then you haven't followed up uh, and you haven't done your due diligence, you're obviously going to be being, you know, in some hot water there. So that makes a lot of sense. But uh, I mean, that's the
1: thing it's interesting though, because you know, and it was, I've, I've recruited internationally, and I, I think some some places internationally, you know, it's like, oh, we have an employment contract and it's a contract versus, you know, in the US, I mean, most people are at will employers. So like, OK, great. I signed an offer letter, but I got an offer letter a week later for you know twenty five grand more. Well, guess what? You know, sorry. So uh, yeah. And
0: I, and I heard a couple of people talking about that last week, actually, on a live where um, it was pretty well-known like sales recruiter. And, uh, you know, they're basically just saying that's one way to really just quickly burn bridges. Yeah. Um, and, and, but obviously like the, the challenge is if you, if you are in that situation, you're interviewing with several places and offers come out at different times and you're given deadlines on different offers, you know, I mean, it does beg the question, like what's the, uh,
1: what's the smart thing to well, do? With, like,
0: you know, what, I, what are your I, thoughts I think, with that?
1: Listen, I think this, you know, cause I think that's a, that's a good, that's a good kind of jumping point because there this time now in the past couple of years, I mean, people are getting, you know, three, four or five offers and it's like, okay, well, what if I get an offer? And then the next week I get an offer, 25 grand more better healthcare. Like, does that make me persona non grata? Or does that make me like, Hey, like I got to find something for my family because like the, the, the thing is like as a hiring manager sure like i'm pissed like i just lost my candidate yeah um but you know if i was a hiring manager would i do that in the same situation
0: yeah hey i mean it's a business world i think if you're in sales you're you're it's clear you're going to be wanting to make money i mean anybody who's in the business world is working for, for a paycheck so i think you've got to you got to weigh it up. I mean, for me, in those situations, it's all about the transparency. I think the worst possible thing you can do is, you know, start to ghost, start to not communicate, start to not show up. I think if you're transparent, and it comes down to that situation, and you say, hey, you gave me two days to give you an answer with your offer. I told you I had other offers coming in. Yeah. If you're transparent with it, and you're honest, then you know, you've got to make the, the best decision for your family. I think the challenge just becomes in like, are you burning a bridge in the future and a lot of these worlds are really small people know each other so i think if you're in that situation you've got to you gotta tread pretty pretty lightly with that
1: i mean i guess that begs the question of a couple of things you know as a recruiter what are you doing in terms of setting expectations in the call so you know i'm always i'm always on the call going hey what other offers do you have where are you in the interview process you know and i can also tell sometimes people who are genuinely excited and then some who I have to <laughs> plot a little bit more So, um, there are some that like I set up and I'm like, I know you're not as excited about the role. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if like you didn't sign. So, um, but I mean, isn't that also like, Hey, as a recruiter, you gotta have more than one person lined up. So,
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of recruiting is no joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore, and my friends at BrightHire are here to help. BrightHire is the leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, visit brighthire.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. No, for sure. Man, it's such a it's such a delicate balance today. And, and I think especially in like the world that we're living in where everything's done, well, most things are done virtually. You know it's like you build a different relationship over zoom than you do in person and and i think uh you know especially through the interview process you can whip out 10 zoom interviews in a in a day um you know you don't have as much loyalty as maybe even if you went in face to face and you get to meet the meet people face to face so i think even just from the interview standpoint you know it's hard to keep people engaged it's hard to know where people are at so like you said having those conversations having those touch points and being honest with the hiring managers too and saying hey you know maybe the maybe this account executive or this you know person that i'm, I'm placing maybe they're not as excited so we're going to yeah. need to give them some extra attention i think the challenge is it's like you just as a recruiter when it goes right it's like hey you did your job when it goes wrong it's it's all your fault so you got to cover your bases
1: you know i think you mentioned uh like the interviews you know people aren't coming in anymore but like i i think sometimes that's a good thing Cause it's yeah. like, think of how much, I mean, I could go on and on about like American infrastructure and like lack of public transit, but like, obviously this is a recruiting call, not a, uh, not a, uh, um, transit conversation, but like, <laughs> think of how much, um, we're able to scale our recruiting because I'm able to book on my Calendly 30 minute blocks. Yeah. And like, I know that people are going to show up cause they're in their home. Um, and if their internet's not working, they'll tell me. So, you know, sure, like maybe some people aren't as engaged. Um, but like also think of just how, how much effect how effective like my my interview process my I feel like the engaged candidates will always they will always rise above the pack. Yeah. So.
0: No, you're you're right. And I think, you know, obviously uh that's so much good with uh with their remote world. I wasn't, you know, bashing that I'm a huge proponent of no, it. Totally. It's, it's always it's always something I think about because I know like a couple times i've i've, I've uh, had candidates that have just whipped through interviews super quickly because you can you know you can get three interviews done in you know two days yeah. and then they have an offer and then it kind of it's come up before where okay hey i'm not you know maybe they've moved too quickly and i haven't really been able to make the decision um, so it's just it's i think with whatever world you're in you're going to have positives you're going to have negatives but obviously from a recruitment standpoint when you're able to recruit from anywhere you're able to get way more candidates you're able to, to to just be more efficient as a recruiter. So uh, so I'm with you. So I know uh, we went on a little bit of a tangent there, which I, I love and, and got into it. But why don't you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always curious, like, how did you get started in, in recruiting? I know you've been in the agency and internal, but, you know, like, how, what was your introduction into recruitment? What, yeah, and, and what was that like?
1: My introduction to recruitment was <laughs> basically, we got this like <laughs> mobile ad startup in Dallas. And it was yeah uh, that was that was an experience um we were like selling ads on the back of this digital ads on the back of this truck way back in 2011 2010 maybe um it was interesting uh and is that company still around by the way uh, i have no clue <laughs> um uh, i i yeah i know yeah i think things got a little weird between like yeah, my boss and the CEO and yeah it was sure, sure. it was kind of weird um but my boss uh you know really believed in me and like I was able to sell a lot I got like a I, I won like the top salesperson and I got an Xbox that I used once and never used again um and she introduced me to this uh agency that was one of like the longest running agencies in the United States and hmm. Uh, introduced me to my future boss. And so I got started recruiting uh, Midwest uh, construction. So like, uh, you know, project managers, executives. um, Superintendents. Yeah. So like Wisconsin, Chicago, Ohio, St. Louis, Minnesota. I'm trying to figure out all the places where I place people. Um, And so, you know, it was interesting. I mean, I was around a lot of successful people, but I was also 23 years old. And like, you know, for me, they were very old school and they were good, but it was just like, I was calling and calling and I was just in a cubicle. And I was like, this feels like a call center job, even though I know people are getting these like huge placements. Um, so, you know, and then I left and I bounced around for a lot, uh, you know, the next couple of years. And then I found another agency, uh, in, uh, locum tenants recruiting, which is like, man i learned so much about doctors that i didn't want to know so um and you know then bounce bounce some more and, and like finally found my footing after a stint in the restaurant industry uh i went back into like internal recruiting through hr and realized like maybe hr wasn't wasn't my spot um but i love the to hunt for talent i love the hunt for people and hence where I am today. So like, I feel like the past five years, four years, maybe even like my life has like taken off recruiting wise. Um, but yeah, I think I always think back and I'm like, what if I had kept going at that agency way back in 2011? Cause like, I was like, I was definitely successful. Uh, but yeah, it was tough just, yeah. Kind of looking at a looking at a phone all day and just coming, I mean, you you understand you were at, you were at an agency before. And so, um, I feel like recruiting has changed to the point where there's like so many different entry points in now. So and like, even agencies, you know, they've had to, they've had to change as well. And I think it's, it's created a lot better environments for, for a lot of people. Cause you know, way back when it was just like simple, basic, like, if you made it, you made it. If you didn't, you did it. And then like those people who could potentially be good recruiters were just lost forever. So.
0: Yeah. They go into the internal side and then,
1: or they, or, they, they, or they hate meeting agency recruiters. Well, or, or they just leave recruiting, you yeah, know, like I, I know people who it's like they went from recruiting to like a business analyst, but it's like, yo, you would be such a good recruiter. Um, And I, you know, I, we always see on LinkedIn the debates of like agency versus internal and, you know the layoffs never happen to agency they always happen in internal um and i mean there's there's benefit there's benefits to both uh you know for me um i think sometimes commission only like wasn't uh wasn't great for me um you know i suffer from anxiety as is and uh you know i think being in an internal capacity allowed me to just like build the company while also building my network so yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where I, that's, 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 where, that's where, I. That, that's how, that's how I got to where, where I am today. So,
0: and I know you'd mentioned, uh, I think you'd mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of minutes ago that you, um, you know, you're on contract right now, recently you were involved in obviously like a round of, of layoffs. Um, so I, I, guess, you know, even just from that perspective, from just like, you know, looking for something new, um like what's your experience what was your experience like in in the market right now and like what are some of the things that you're seeing you know and some of the things that you have seen just in terms of like looking to connect with companies and like what you know what what have you basically seen on the market as a job seeker I'd love to get your perspective on that
1: yeah i mean i'm very thankful that i'm in this role right now um it's been able i have been able to do a lot of different things been able to help grow like a, like a whole division of a company which is kind of cool um you know, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, I also got laid off in 2020. And so, you know, I, I always beg to ask the question to people, like, do layoff have layoffs? Cause I hear people they've like, like, some of them have been laid off in like 2020, 2021, 2022. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. And, and I think for me, the experience was a lot better in 2022 than it was in 2020. Um, hmm. Not only because of the way you know my company handled it but like also i had worked from i had worked from 2018 to 2022 to like build a network just on you know just b- b- build a network on linkedin uh build a network outside of linkedin uh but also like knew what i wanted so you know i think i think that helps as well and i could articulate my experience like in 2020 i was like okay do i want to still be in hr do i want to still be in recruiting and you know, well,
0: 2022, you kind of it kind of came out of the blue because obviously we're talking about the pandemic. So it was kind of like just a big shock for everybody, whereas like right now it's kind of been so, so it's been brewing. Like you mentioned, like you you knew, OK, hey, we, we've got hiring freezes going on, obviously hiring freezes for a recruiter. You yeah. hear that you kind of know the writing's on the wall so you can kind of prepare yourself. But since you'd already gone through it recently, you know, it's it's, it's not like as big of a shock as it as it maybe was in 2020 it is
1: interesting though because a lot of people are going through it for the first time you know i mean we see it there are so many of these tech layoffs going on right now and a lot of people are like i've never been laid off in my life but you know i think there's always uh, you know and and this is not me being bitter or anything but like there's all it's it's funny i think somebody made the comment uh, a couple weeks ago and it was like you know every time a big company lays off, it's like, well, let's help, let's help people. At this uh, yeah. let's, you know, and it's, um, and I see other people who have been long-term unemployed. I see people who are from smaller companies and it's like, they don't get the Google forms. And so, you know, I always make it my goal to be like, how can I help those people? Uh, you know, how can I help those? How can I help those transitioning teachers who it's like, I mean, I've placed what three this year, in customer success roles, and I, I always tell people that I'm like, "Yo, I know six of them, seven of them, eight of them, and you know, they kill it because of their skill set." And so I'm I'm always trying to be like, "Hey, how can I, how can I help the smaller guy?" Because you know, uh, there are so many others. You know, Oracle, um, what other big companies? I mean, Tesla, like they have gigantic groups who. And they have a sp- spokesperson for this group. So, you know, my goal as a recruiter is always like, how can I help some some people who are overlooked? Um, yeah. how, can I, how can I create that opportunity?
0: Well, and it's like the longer, obviously the longer you're out of work, then the harder it becomes. So I'm sure it is pretty, uh, you know, it's a challenge for people if they see a post with, hey, Wayfair, just let go of 10,000 yeah. people or whatever. Yeah. Hey, we're going to
1: help support them. Well, and it's like, it, hey, Wayfair laid off. Oh, here's a talent database of everybody. Here are six recommendations from their managers. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, like Coinbase did the same thing. And I, I wish other smaller, I wish smaller companies did that for their employees. Like it was like, hey, you know, the crying
0: did, CEO did it.
1: He did, and like, <laughs> so like, and I think it was a little dramatic. But like, <laughs> you, wish, you wish that CEOs would do it. It's like, hey, I have a network. I had to make this decision as a CEO. I had to let go of people. I am yeah. sorry, but here I am messaging you out. You know, I am messaging my key contacts, you know, because these people worked hard for me and you know, like you, you just, you wish other, you wish others would do that. So, I mean, you know, I was lucky, you know, I'd worked hard for my company and you know, everybody wrote me a recommendation for instance. Um, but, you, you would wish other small companies would do the same and so you know as a recruiter I mean I always look for those small people at smaller companies because sometimes you know they're not cogs in a wheel they're you know they've they've done everything so
0: yeah no it makes it makes sense well I wanted to when I to ask, you, ask you another question too just in terms of, of the market because I did a poll it goes last week where I asked the question has recruiting gotten easier um, you know with all the tech layoffs going on and things we're talking about right now you know has has recruiting got any easier over the last six months? And I think it was like 12 percent of people responded yes, it has. The other eighty eight percent responded no. It's you know either just as hard or it's you know harder than it was uh, before. And then I did a poll today that said, "Are you still hiring?" Eighty percent of people responded yes. Obviously, it's a LinkedIn poll. You know, I got a couple thousand respondents, so it's a decent uh, decent pool. But what's been your perspective? Like, have you it, has it been easier to to hire people like have you been been seeing like bigger talent pipelines coming through like what what what's that look like just from from your seat
1: i mean i don't know if recruiting's gotten easier i, mean, <laughs> I think i think there are more well there are more ways to contact people um you know i mean back in the day you would just leave messages and like i remember in construction. You know, it was if I didn't have the person's cell phone, I would call the project and I'd be like, hey, who's the superintendent on this project? And then, you know, some person would be like, oh, it's this person. And I'd write it down and then I'd call back four hours later and be like, hey, can I speak to this person? And let me get your cell phone and I'll call you back after hours. And now it's like, you know, you have their LinkedIn. You have so many you have so many different ways to contact people. You know, you have um, I mean. Yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, and so many other social media sites. Uh, you know, then you have places like you know Gem, where you can send email sequences. Uh, you know, Rocket Reach, Zoom Info, where you can find their email. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, there are more ways to contact. I don't know if it's gotten easier. Well,
0: spe- specifically, like in the last six months, I guess, with you know more people supposedly on the market because of layoffs and hiring freezes and things like that. Have you guys? Have you specifically in your role? I
1: think, no. I, I think it makes it more difficult because then there's that education of hiring managers. Right. Cause like there's, I think there's not as much stigma as there was in the past of like, Oh, this person got laid off. Um, That means X. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I think like more people on the market means it's more, it's more competitive. Um, I mean, that's,
0: that's what I think too. And it's like, I get like, if you get, you know, let's say you have 100 people who are newly on the market once you're on the market you're then applying a lot of places you're making a lot of connections so even you know if you have that person in your pipeline like they applied for example they probably applied to 10 or 11 other places and you know it's st- so you're still going to be competing uh you're almost competing more than if you reached out to somebody and they weren't looking for a job because then it's ch- chances are that maybe they are only responding to yeah, you. I
1: mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Somebody gets somebody gets laid off. Like, you know, whenever I see a layoff post, I always look at the comments, uh, you know, because I'm like, look at how many different people are hiring. And it's like, if I'm a laid off person, like if I'm a, I saw a software engineer got laid off and he had like a hundred comments. And I'm like, can you imagine, like he gets that post, he opens <laughs> up, like he is flooded with messages. And it's like, all right, how can I beat out this company, this company, this company and this company. So, you know, I think it's gotten it's gotten harder because you have to find a better way to distinguish yourself. So
0: 100%. And you mentioned it earlier too. It's like your priority kind of shifts. So like as you know, like you're on the market again, um then you you have a better idea of like what you're looking for, more importantly, like what you're not looking for, and maybe you're like, "Hey, you know what? I just got burned or, you know, I'm just got, it just got burned at the startup in this space. Maybe I want something a little bit more stable, you know, something which, which well, you know, so well, now I'm going to avoid that,
1: you know, sometimes it's not even that, like, you know, you get people who they get laid off and it's like, you know, okay, you know, maybe I got a severance or maybe I just need a break. and you know i mean you you and i we're in the business of yo let's fill now let's fill now like let's get let's get what we need and some of the people are like hey you know i gotta take a step back and so that you know there's that patience associated with that too so i think i think sometimes like there's so much more of a focus on mental health which is a good thing um but you know sometimes in you and i's world of like where are the candidates uh sometimes that can that can uh uh, slow slow us down so maybe it's 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 tougher in that realm as well because you know i guess people are thinking now and like people are
0: <laughs> yeah i know
1: people people are putting
0: more energy into like what are the what are the decisions they're going to make like it, you know is this going to be you know is, is this going to be something that um you know is going to last the next six months or year yeah. or a couple couple of years i think there is there is more thought ar- around that yeah, and i then- know
1: uh do they have cash flow? Who is my manager? Um, you know, there, there's, there's so much more feedback. Uh, uh, there, there's so much more research around that. Like, I think that's the thing too, is, is candidates have a lot more, um, access to information. So, you know, there's, 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 there's that, there's that as well. So, you know, there's, and you know, they're, they're grilling you and like, you, you've got to, you've got to be educated yourself. I mean, I've had several, I've had some calls where I'm like, Hey, I don't know the information. And sometimes as a candidate, that's like, all right, ding, I don't want to deal with that person anymore. So.
0: No, hundred percent. Well, we've got, we've got a couple of comments coming here. I know Kristen said, we're on an SWE hiring pause. Uh, We got Patrick. And I think this is when you were talking about what people did back in the day. He said, back in the day before the internet, recruiters would have to send resumes to companies via mail, probably fax as well. I'm, I'm guessing. And he said, education of teams, I think that moving the needle more than anything, and that's instilling urgency in the company, a client, hundred um, percent. And then um, Kristen also said that it's definitely more competitive.
1: Um, I, I definitely, somebody said about faxing, like it's true. I mean, even 10 years ago, you, you and I were both, I, I, we were both in recruiting. I mean, it was like, Hey, can I mail my resume to you? And it's <laughs> like, I, I remember I got that. I remember somebody mailed their resume to me and I was like, okay. And I guess I faxed it. I guess I like, you know, like there wasn't even, it was like basic scanning back in the day. And so, you know, like, like it's, it's definitely changed in that regard. Like I can pull so much information, but so can everybody else. So
0: I, I, Hey, I think, I'm, I think that, you know, the amount of like data scrapers there are right now is insane. And like the amount of companies that are coming out with like tools to like enable, you know, like you said, like sequencing, you know, there, I can think of four or five tools off the top of my head that are designed for recruiters that build sequences that you can email candidates with. But it's like, if everybody's, if everybody has access to those same things, then, you know, I think if you were an early adapter, for example, of like Zoom Info, you know, whatever, four or five years ago, Hey, you, you know, you got all these emails, you're ahead of everybody. Everybody's got that now.
1: Yeah, so but now, it's still about relationships though. I think well, that's, that that's it's, what
0: it's, that's, it's. Exactly, it's I mean, yeah. it's how. But how do you how do you start? I think the big shift that, that's coming in now is like, cold calling things like that. Yeah, it can still work for sure. Any any well, let's just put this: any outbound method works or can work. But yeah. to your point, the those that are able to use these technologies, use this data, use social media, use branding, use you know email, call, phone calls it's that goal of building the relationship and that doesn't change. Like people, hiring managers are going to work with people they like and trust. Founders yeah. are going to work with people they trust. Candidates are going to work with recruiters that they trust. See, So, it's, but it's just shifting. Like, how do you build that trust now? How do you, how do you get past all that noise and start building trust? It's a massive challenge.
1: But yeah. I mean, it, it is, but I mean, it's, it's all, it's all about, it's all about the relationship. Um, you know, I'm going to beat. I remember one guy I placed, uh, I beat out this close to a billion dollar SaaS company because, you know, I was the one who kept following up. I sent him custom curated messages. Like I I knew, you know, I actually searched his background rather than his most previous position. Um, am I guilty of sometimes being lazy and, you know, seeing the first position and doing it? Yes. But like, I always, you know, for me, what sets me apart is the way I message the, re- the depths of research that I go to, to, you know, truly understand people. Um, and I think I, I mean, that's why I know I can still beat a recruiter with 500 different types of technology. Uh, because well, you,
0: I mean, do you see that post from that Netflix guy? I think it was today where or maybe yesterday. And he was like, he screenshotted the message that he got and it was like from I think it was from like a CTO saying, Oh yeah, got an entry yeah. level engineering. And he's like, engineering leadership. And so yeah, personalization isn't just like quoting like the last two positions that someone worked at. And then, you know, cause you can just you can obviously scale that. Um someone someone did ask, and I know uh, we've got we've probably gotta get going here in, in just just a second, but uh I would love to. Connor just said uh, said I'm new to recruiting. I have found with Candace having so much information, it's hard to build that initial trust. Does anyone have any tips to start off on? The yeah. Road? But so like, how do you, how do you start that off? How do you start that trust?
1: I mean, it's being open and honest. So it's being open and honest about the company. Being open and honest about the role. Uh, if I don't know the information, getting that information. So, you know, if if they're armed for information. You know, like, and I think there's a difference sometimes that are recruiters, that are resume collectors, uh, and those who are actually, you know, who are actually interested. So, like, if you're new to recruiting, understand the candidate, because um, I'm, you know, I'm always thinking about, hey, like, what's, you know, this candidate? Sure, they're a SDR right now, but they could be a future hiring manager, you know, later on. And so it's understanding them, knowing what they want, you know, not put, not pushing them on on, on, on jobs that like don't fit them. And I mean, that's something, you know, I do too. Like even when I'm in the offer, le- offer stage with people, I'm like, Hey, you know, you know, the salary, you know, the compensation I've told you, I've on, I'm honest with you. This is, this is the role, the trajectory, you know, I understand if this isn't right for you, uh, but just, 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 j- just tell me. So, um, I think honesty is, is always the best policy
0: hundred percent. And someone else said follow up is key, which you, you had mentioned before. Like that's one of the things that you do is you following up, following up, following up, starting a building relationship is following up. Somebody rejects you. Hey, I appreciate that. Didn't expect you to respond anyway, (laughs) because it's only, you know, my first couple of responses, but then you follow up three months, six months, nine months, you create consistency that way and you show up. And and like you said, you're bringing value. So, uh, Hey, I, Adam, I want to be conscious of your time and everybody out there. I know it's, uh, you know, these these shows typically last for uh, around half an hour so if you want to connect with Adam you can find him um, on LinkedIn obviously send him a connection request yeah um, any Always anywhere definitely. else that you're pretty active I know you're pretty active on Twitter as well uh,
1: you know Twitter LinkedIn that's that's really mainly where it is uh, Twitter you won't get a lot of recruiting hot takes more on Dallas sports Yeah. So <laughs> Uh, um, and and yes, I, I haven't been as active on LinkedIn the past two weeks. Uh, sometimes you just go on, a, I mean, everybody knows that every content creator knows this. So you sometimes go on a content dry spell. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, LinkedIn at um, Adam J. Rosenfield, uh, Twitter, very similar username. Um, but yeah, I'm open to connecting with anybody as long as you don't try to sell me uh, on your franchise. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Adam, appreciate it, man. Great chatting. We'll have to do it again soon. And yeah. uh, everyone who's out there, connect with Adam. And then I know next week uh, we're going to we've got another uh, guest as well on Wednesday. So I will see you guys drop in the comments. Uh, if you've got any other questions, we'll get to it after the live show. And appreciate everybody out there. I won't go through all the names since we're running out of time, but uh, take care, everybody. See ya.